Paul didn't mind admitting that he still had some problems that he hadn't figured out. Oh, you read it. He, he, he had a problem with his flesh doing what it wanted to do in contradiction to his spirit. He hadn't figured that one out yet. He didn't mind admitting that he had a thorn in the flesh that the Lord wouldn't remove and he couldn't figure out how to get it from. He hadn't figured that out yet. He said, but this one thing I have figured out. This one thing I do. This one thing I've learned. This one thing I've mastered. If I'm going to be any good for myself and any good for God, I've got to put my past behind me. This one thing I do, if, if I'm going to be any good for God and any good for myself, I cannot keep holding on to my past. I've got to put it behind me. Forgetting those things, Paul says, that are behind. I figured out how not to be bound by my past behavior. I figured out how not to let my past define my present and dictate my future. I figured out how not to limit myself from what God wants to do in me and if he wants to do a new thing with me, through me, in me, and to me, then I don't let my past deficits disqualify me from what God wants to do with me now. One thing I figured out, Paul says, is how to forget those things that are behind. If you're going to live your best life this year and this decade, you've got to learn to put your past behind you, which requires at least three things for you to do starting in 2020. Number one, here it is. Stop condemning yourself over past sins for which Christ has already forgiven you. That's number one. Stop condemning yourself for past sins for which Christ has already forgiven you. That was likely an area where Paul struggled the most. For remember, Paul was at one time the number one enemy against the church. He made a name for himself as a persecutor of those who spoke in or called upon the name of Jesus. It was Paul who admits to standing and watching and even giving consent to Stephen being stoned. But Paul comes to understand that the blood of Jesus Christ is powerful enough to redeem and atone for the sins of man. That Damascus Road experience, after he had that one-to-one -one encounter with God, here he came to know the Lord for himself he, was, he understood that Jesus and his blood was strong and powerful enough to wash away his sin. That's why he would later write in Romans 8 and 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. In other words, if you are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, if you are born again, and if you are filled with the spirit of God, which thereby allows you to walk in and by the spirit rather than by the flesh, then you don't have any reason condemning yourself because God no longer condemns you. Now listen, some of y'all don't know where to shout. That was your shout. That God no longer condemns you, which means you don't need to walk around with your head down 
any longer because of what you used to do, how you used to be, where you used to go, how you used to live. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? And if he no longer condemns me, then I will no longer condemn myself. Yes, I made mistakes in the past, but that's who I used to be. And I heard the R&B singer say, don't come around here no more looking for me. She don't live here no more. Some of y'all need to learn that song. That's a pretty good song. I don't live here anymore. I know, I know who you coming on this door thinking gonna answer. Yet, yet I would have answered last year, but knock all you want this year because I don't live there anymore. I, I don't live in low thoughts. I don't live in low living. I don't live in low places. I don't live in low self-esteem. I know who I am. I know who God has called me to be. I don't live in that place anymore. Stop condemning yourself because of the mistakes that you made. Jesus forgives a woman caught in adultery. Causes her accusers to drop their stones and leave one by one. He lifts up her head. Says, where are your accusers? She says, I don't see any. And he says, watch this. And neither do I. That blessed somebody right there because you've been walking around accusing yourself for some stuff that other folk put you. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. He said, I don't accuse you because I know first of all that this sin required two folk and not just one. And while somebody just want to run, 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 run a stone, the woman, he says, no, nah, there are other folk involved. And since we can't deal with all of you, I won't deal with none of you. I won't accuse any. He says, I don't condemn you. Watch it. He says, go. Sin no more. In other words, he gives us a new lease on life which means that if he makes us new stop condemning yourself to your past that's number one number two stop conceding power space and permission to your past decisions stop conceding power space and permission to your past decisions Listen to me. When you provide cognitive space to your past, you give your past present implications. Did you hear what I said? When, when you provide cognitive space, in other words, when, when all you do is think about how you messed up, when all you do is think about what you wish you could do over again. When all you do is think about how unworthy you are and, 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 and all of that, then you 
give your past present day implications. Mm. Let, let, let me say it another way. When you devote mental energy to decisions you cannot change, you, you go around thinking about stuff that, that you wish you could do, you can't do it over. I'm sorry, that's done. That, that's done. I, I'm sorry. You can't, do, you can't do that one over. Come here. You can't do that one over. That's done. Stop wasting mental energy and anguish over decisions you cannot change. Watch this. The preacher didn't say for you not to be sorry. Preacher didn't say for you not to repent. Do all of that. But once you've taken care of the business of repentance and repairing whatever relationships that need to be repaired, once you've taken care of all of that, you cannot keep thinking about it. Oftentimes we miss what God has in store for us because we are consumed in our past, cannot get on with our future because we give too much attention to our past, can't enjoy the present relationship you're in because you're comparing it to your past. You can't appreciate where you are because you're comparing it to where you left. You can't be fully thankful for what you have because you're looking at what you gave up. You cannot live the rest of your life looking back on past decisions that you would make differently if you could. That's too much attention on the past which keeps you from seeing what the Lord would have you do and be now. Second Corinthians, I love this. There is a reason to look back and there is a reason to learn from past decisions. You should be wiser from them. You should understand how to make better decisions in the future. But I like what Paul says, and I want you to turn there in 2 Corinthians 7 and 10. Paul says this, 2 Corinthians 7, verse 10 says, For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret. Ah, y'all missed it. Godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret. In, in other words, when you grieve your past in a godly way that, res, that results, in, that results in, in, in repentance, when you grieve in a godly way that results in repentance or change, that then leads to salvation or rescue without you regretting. In other words, I don't go through the rest of my life regretting every decision I ever made. I recognize rather that the Lord is using those decisions to make me a better person, to make me stronger, to make me wiser, to make me better. And I don't have to regret every decision I ever made, even though it was a wrong decision. But I can see that God was being merciful. God was being patient and God was allowing me to discover his will for my life. Regret, hear me, I'm going to wrap this up. Regret has its place. But you can't keep every bad decision alive. Watch this. 
And you need to stop hanging with folk who make you keep bad decisions alive. I don't know who I'm talking to. You, 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 you need to get a new group, some new road dogs who can let you live your new life without reminding you of every mistake you ever made. You, you, you need to find somebody else you can run with and roll with and somebody who can hang with you who don't keep reminding you who you used to be. I knew you when. Yeah, you knew me then. That was then. This is now. Now, he who is in Christ is a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things have. I wish I had some Bible readers in here who would go with me. All things are made new. I'm new. I'm a new man. I'm a new woman. I'm a new boy. I'm a new girl. I'm a new person in Christ. Paul said, this one thing I do, I don't know everything, but this I know. I know how to forget some stuff. I know how to forget, watch this, some people. Mm. So, some, some folk you need to... Amen. When, when they go on Facebook and try to friend you, they, 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 they need to see that they can't friend you no more. And, Help it, Lord. Thirdly, 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 here it is. Thirdly, 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 if you're going to put it behind you, watch this. Stop reminding yourself of who you owe. I know you weren't expecting that. Stop reminding yourself of who you owe. Paul could actually speak to this because remember there was a falling out of sorts between he and another disciple named John Mark. John Mark was a disciple and the cousin of, of, of Barnabas and, and they went all together, the three of them, on a missionary journey when it was their first missionary journey and something happened, the Bible doesn't give us the details, but something happened that caused John Mark to go back to Jerusalem and Paul never forgot that John Mark cut tail in the heat of things. And so when it came time to go back and check on the churches, Paul said, yeah, let's go. And Barnabas said, okay, let me get my cousin John Mark. And Paul said, whoop. Hold your rope. He said, no, I'm not interested in going with John Mark. I'm not interested in him going with me. Why, Paul? Because if you remember John Mark, your cousin, he's the one who, that is your cousin, right? He, he's the one who left us when the going got rough. And you remember what happened? They split ways and, and Paul took Silas and Barnabas took John Mark with him. But that's not the end of the story. In 2 Timothy verse 4, chapter 4, verse 11, Paul writes to Timothy. He says these words. Listen to it. He says, only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee for he is profitable to me for the ministry. In other words, you cannot hear me. Hear me, child of God. Hear me. Hear me good. Hear me good if you don't hear anything else. You cannot live the rest of your life mad with people over what they did to you years ago. Tell your neighbor, put it behind you. I know you want me to end this sermon, but it just got good. Put it behind you. Put it behind you. You cannot live the rest of your life mad with somebody over what they did to you years 
ago. Because remember, first of all, people grow. People don't stay the same forever. The person John Mark was at the beginning of Paul's ministry, evidently he was a different John Mark, which caused Paul to say, go get him and bring him to me. He's profitable to me. He has grown as a man. And all I'm telling you is, is that you cannot keep holding on to the past because, watch this, of who they were years ago. If Paul had been holding on to the past, holding on to grudges, holding on to how he had done them, he would never have allowed John Mark the space to provide himself to be or prove himself to be a new person. Some of you, watch this, have refused to let people grow into them, their new selves. Some of you have not allowed people to get past their mistakes. And you condemn them to their past. When God hasn't condemned you to yours. You can't shake who they were and see who they are because of what they did. And all you really want, if truth be told, I know you're not going to admit it right now, if truth be told, you really want them to get back what's coming to them for treating you the way they treated you. That's, that's the truth of the matter. You wouldn't say it right here at K Chapel on the last Sunday of 2019, I know. But that's the truth of the matter. You really want them to feel some of the hurt that they caused you. I know, I know you won't say it. I know, I know you're looking straight right now, right? I mean, you ain't looking at nobody. You don't want nobody to know I'm talking about you, but yeah, I'm talking about you. And I need to ask you the question while I got your attention. What kind of Christian are you? What kind of Christian are you that you want to see somebody suffer? What kind of Christian are you? What kind of believer are you that you would wait to watch somebody's house come tumbling down? What kind of Christian are you that you would wait for somebody to get what's coming back to them? What kind of, don't look at me like that. What kind of Christian are you? Last point, here it is, I'm through. Last point, here it is. Yep, I added one more. It's the last Sunday of the year. I know, I tricked trick you. Pat was ready, I know, I know. I have one more. Here it is, here it is, here it is. You ready? Here it is. Stop rehearsing the trouble, rehashing the transgression, and retelling the tragedy. Put it behind you. Stop rehearsing the trouble, stop rehashing the transgression, and stop retelling the tragedy put it behind you if you're gonna put it behind you watch this you got to stop going over it in your head and remembering every little detail watch this you got to stop telling folk every time y'all get in a conversation you see the taint the same they know your story. They could tell you the story. That's how long, that's how often you tell it. 
If you're going to put it behind you, you've got to stop rehearsing it, rehashing it, and retelling it. Now hear me, hear me well. Testimonies are good. And testimonies have their place. And it's good to tell a testimony, watch this, when you got over it. It's good to tell a testimony when you've been healed. It's good to, t good to tell a testimony when God has brought you through it. But when you're still wounded, you just need to get healed first. Wish I had a witness in here. You, you haven't experienced the delivering power of the Lord to release you from the emotions of vengeance and anger. And until the Lord heals you of it, every time you retell it, you give it more power. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Watch this. You give life to stuff when you talk about it. Stuff that you could get over because you keep talking about it. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. Because you keep bringing it up. Because you keep wearing it on your badge. Because you, because you keep making sure everybody knows how bad he treated you. How wicked of a wife she was. Oh, it goes both ways. Don't y'all act like. At some point, watch this. You got to stop talking about it and get healed from it. And when you're healed from it, therein lies the power to be a testimony to somebody else. Until you heal from it, you're just a well full of poison. Bitterness, telling for darn, I wouldn't trust him if I were you. I, he ain't no good. A bitter well until you've been healed. Now I've got news for you. There is a bomb in Gilead. It makes the wounded whole. There is a bomb in Gilead. And it still heals sin-sick souls. My prayer for you is that you would put the past behind you. Things that you don't need to carry into this ne next decade, put it behind you. Situations you don't need to keep at the forefront of your mind, put it behind you. Decisions you can't change, put it behind you. People you want to get back at, put it behind you. Amen. You say, how can I do that? I'm going to tell you how. First step is to come to the altar. That's the very first step. Because at the altar is healing. At the altar, you can cast your cares upon the Lord, knowing that he cares for you. And so I invite you, whoever you are, whatever you carry, whatever burden that has been yours, whatever baggage that has been weighing you down, I want to invite you this last Sunday of 2019 to bring it to the altar. Come to the altar.
come to the altar. Let the Lord lift your burdens. Come to the altar. Let the Lord release you of your fears. Come to the altar. Let God give you a new reality, a new lease on life itself. The invitation is extended to you wherever you are.
this morning. If you're here right now, if you're here right now. The invitation was extended to you who recognized that you wanted a new life, a new walk, a new reality. Not carrying the old into the new. And I invite you now to do just that. Listen, listen, listen. A prayer release is saying that, Lord, what I've carried, I don't want to carry anymore. What's been on me, I don't want on me anymore. I want to release. I need you to lift it from me. I need you to take it from me. And, Lord, I'm here because I'm willing to cast my cares upon you because your Bible says that you care for me. Thank you for caring enough for me. That you won't let me have to carry this load by myself. Grandmama said you're a heavy load sharer. Thank you for sharing the load with us. But your word tells us that your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. Hold hands with your neighbor if you don't mind. Let's pray this prayer of release together. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for bringing us to this moment the end of this year 2019 this last lord's day we've come to worship and glorify your name and oh god we thank you that you brought us through this decade yes there's been trouble yes there's even been trauma but god you've been truthful to your word yes there's been pain yes there's been problems but you've shown yourself to be providential yes there have been sorrows yes there has been suffering but you've shown yourself to be the sovereign God. And for that God, we give you glory, honor, and praise. God, now, right now, these who stand here, these who sit here, these who kneel here, oh God, we're all here because we need a release and a relief, oh God. Lord, things we've been carrying, we don't want to carry any longer. Burdens we've been bearing, we don't want to bear any longer. And God, we thank you that you are a burden lifter. You're a burden sharer, a mind regulator. And so God, right now by your spirit, lift the burdens. Right now by your spirit, break the yokes. Right now by your spirit, do a new thing in the name of Jesus. God, we want to be new creatures. We want to be new men. We want to be new women. We want to walk in new realities in Jesus' name. God, we thank you that you're true to your word. Thank you, oh God. We're grateful for who you are, thankful for all that you do. And now, oh God, we declare by your word that we're walking in the newness of life. We're not walking by the flesh, but by your spirit. We're not walking by sight, but by faith. God, we're walking, holding your hands, not by power, nor by might, but by your spirit, saith the Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Every devil is defeated in Jesus' name. Every trick that the enemy tries will not. In Jesus' name, every weapon formed against us shall not be able to prosper. In Jesus' name, at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. 
every tongue must confess that you are Lord. You're Lord over cancer. You're Lord over diabetes. You're Lord over high blood pressure. You're Lord over mental illness. You are Lord. And we glorify you now. We thank you now. We worship you now. We give you glory and honor. Marriages are restored in Jesus' name. Relationships between fathers and sons have been mended now in Jesus' name. Mothers and daughters are together again in Jesus' name. Children and parents are coming back together in Jesus' name. Husbands and wives who made vows to one another have been restored now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for the release. And thank you for the relief. Thank you for the release. And thank you for the relief. In Jesus' name. Now if you believe it, why don't you give God a praise like you've just been relieved. Give God a praise for lifting it from you. If you know he's a burden lifter, why don't you praise him? Tell him, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. to uh, UMC from UNC to ICU um, we didn't 
They didn't necessarily know what was wrong with her. Ring test after test after test. Uh, finally, they came and said, uh, you know, we order for your daughter to get better. Uh, we need a, uh, a blood uh, transfusion. Uh, and we have to have start chemo immediately. crush but um you know and you know pastor be honest which I, I really got frustrated be honest I got frustrated because I was I kept praying for her to get better better uh, but but what I found out was I, I, I was praying for the reward like I was praying for her to get better but see what I had to learn was and you preached about this about two weeks ago I had to walk. It's a process. Day by day, new mercies I see. Because December 26th, my baby's home. this last thing in this world better get you some Jesus because you're going to run into something that you can't do it yourself money can't get it your friends can't get it but God talk man but God and that's all I got to say I've known this baby. She's coming as a candidate for baptism.
coming but y'all come on amen y'all get us out of here get us out of here amen tell us what we do song simply says this look so long bye bye of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen and amen. Bye-bye. Happy Bye. New Year. Bye-bye. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye to my sorrow. Bye-bye. Bye-bye to my pain. Bye-bye. Bye-bye to my trouble.